are the odds on Lincoln Hawks? Please? 20 to 1, pal. Real long shot. Hawks, let's go. The world meets nobody halfway. Remember that. I don't have a father, sir. The world has always bet against Lincoln Hawks. This guy's nothing. Why'd you leave us? It won't happen again. What my grandson found, I don't care how you do it, do it. But a winner never listens to the odds. Whatever happens, I want you to stay with him. Where would we end up? Together is all I can guarantee. You ain't got a prayer in Vegas. You never had anything, so you have nothing to lose. All I want to do is hurt him, cripple him, get him off the table. All I care about is you. You're my boy, you understand? The world beats nobody halfway. Now is the time to do for yourself. I want you. Over the top, Dad, over the top. Sylvester Stallone, over the top. They call this a movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast and iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We're part of the Main Damien Network, and to find more from us, check out the website, themaindamien.com, or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main Damien. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Hi, everybody. Hello. I might be distracted during this podcast. I'm learning how to go under the bottom. Okay. There you go. You don't want to do that. That's not going to help you at all, (laughs) Mark. Nope. (laughs) Unless we're talking like sex-wise, then you might have stumbled on upon something there. Yeah. If you go under the bottom, that makes you the bottom. Right. (laughs) Power bottom. (laughs) Is that what you were getting at, Mark? You were power bottom? (laughs) Is this what we're finding out? I was was trying to hint that out to the the fans. (laughs) Ladies. <laughs> Power bottom, ladies. <laughs> That's a well, heck of a this, way to start. Yeah, this is, but this is not a podcast about Mark's preferences in the bedroom. It's about the movies that we were watching. But before we get into the specific movie this week, guys, what have you watched? I watched a few movies, and there was a little bit of a theme there. But the first one was Guns Akimbo with Daniel Radcliffe and Samara Weaving. And she is quickly becoming one of my favorite actresses. She was great in Ready or Not. I don't know if either of you have seen that movie. Yep, saw it in theaters. Yeah, such a good movie. And What's she theaters? was so cool. <laughs> theaters, what is that? <laughs> it's a magical place, Mark. It's sort of like, do you, you guys ever hear that movie Gamer with Gerard Butler, my boo? Yeah. Okay, so it this was a ten times better version of Gamer, where Daniel Radcliffe is kind of forced to participate in this underground gladiator style game and it's him going up against Samara weaving and she's just a total badass. It's very colorful, very zany. Daniel Radcliffe is awesome in it. It's, I would recommend both of you watch it because it's just so, it's so far out there and it's unique. And my other movies that I watched were the firm with Tom Cruise and Gene Hackman hated it. And then my last movie I didn't want to dwell too much on it, but my last movie was Mississippi Burning 
which was a good Gene Hackman movie. It just reaffirmed my my appreciation for Gene Hackman. I've always liked him, but man, he is so intimidating. He he plays a CIA, FBI, I think. Yeah, he's FBI investigating the murders of a couple of civil rights workers and Michael Rooker's in it. There's there's some uh, Brad Dourif is in it, too. It's a pretty good cast. And Gene Hackman is just super intimidating. And uh, yeah, it was a good movie. Very it's a very depressing movie. But at the same time, it's an important movie, especially in these in these times. If you haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, I think we're going to talk a little bit more about Gene Hackman shortly because of what I watched. But Mark, what have you been watching? The only movie I watched this week was No Holds Barred. We should probably just end my segment because I did watch when I was uh, doing some stuff around the house. My grandmother has on MeTV and Saturday nights is like Sci-Fi Saturdays with Spagooly or something. Spengooly. Um, Spengooly or whatever. And it was it, it was an old sci-fi movie and I forget. And I've been trying to think of it since we when we did the pre-show and I can't remember what it was. But I did sit and watch that while, was, while she had that on. But yeah, No Holds Words really the only movie I've watched. I watched the bits and pieces of documentaries from no clip which is the video game documentary thing but i didn't watch the full documentaries yet i started the one on arcane studios i leave this segment mostly to you guys i need to have a reason to watch a movie or walk by it while it's on tv more than you guys do okay all right uh yeah so i watched a bunch of movies this week at first i'm gonna get through the one the brand new netflix film the kissing booth two i watched because my wife wanted to watch it and not nearly enough kissing booths in this movie, but that's all. <laughs> I loved False your tweet. <laughs> they, they, when are they going to get to the kissing booth? Yeah. Barely in it. There's like a five-minute scene where it's like the kissing booth is like some sort of fundraiser, and I guess it's supposed to be a big hit in the first movie. And they're like, oh, well, we're going to do it again. And it was like five minutes. And I was like, what the, what the fuck? I, <laughs> I'm watching a movie about a kissing booth. I want to see the kissing booth. It's like when I watched that movie Graduation Day and they never show the graduation. False advertising. But that's all I'm going to talk about of that movie. And then I just kind of hit up some classics. Kind of spurred on because I've been listening to Unspooled, the the podcast that Paul Shear and Amy Nicholson hosts, where they just kind of wrapped up their season one. So they've made it all the way through the AFI Top 100 list. I listened to the last couple of episodes, so kind of got me wanting to watch some classics, which uh, HBO Max hooked me up so i watched treasure of the sierra madre casablanca and bonnie and clyde so it was a pretty stellar week for me in terms of watching films besides kissing booth too needed like 70 percent more kissing booth. not enough kissing in a booth yeah. they're saving it for the third movie when they finish the trilogy they apparently they shot it when they shot the kissing booth too they <laughs> i was setting you up i didn't know drop. if you had seen that on twitter yeah <laughs> I'll watch that, and it'll be like 30 seconds of a kissing booth. Just throw, throw my remote against my TV. <laughs> it's just a, a shot of a dilapidated kissing booth. <laughs> it's bullshit. Remember when we used to use the kissing booth? And then they go on. for That movie was two... First of all, that two, movie was two hours and ten minutes long. Ooh, wow. That's Even for a, me, that's way too long. That's a slog. Let's not, let's not go crazy there, Mark. Yeah. You're like, this is like the perfect length of a horror movie like this. Two hours and ten minutes. Giving me I, everything. I'd add another five minutes for good measure. <laughs> now, now, how gritty was it? Not gritty enough. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Are you asking if it contained gritty or... Oh, if it contained the... gritty, it needed to be three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Just him sitting in the kith- uh, kissing booth? Oh, man. 
Now you're giving me ideas for a, a parody. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure I'm giving you ideas for other things too, Mark. <laughs> Pants Already are there. down. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I, I, I need to uh, step away from the mic. I need to this go is, under the bottom. <laughs> this is where I'd uh, just put in a sound effect of unzipping. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mark's uh, mic gets muted. I think we lost Mark. <laughs> so, yes, this week we're back, and this week it was Mark's turn to pick a movie. Yeah. But Mark doesn't watch movies, so hopefully he watched this one, though. So you want to you wanna give us a little bit about your movie? Yeah, so I had a reason to watch it. That's why I watched it. Yeah, so I picked uh, Over the Top, the arm wrestling movie with Sylvester Stallone. I mainly picked it for two reasons. One, I've been meaning to watch it for a few years and just... As I said, unless if I'm inspired to watch a movie, I don't really do it. But I saw it pop up on Prime. And then we, me and Anthony, have some history with Over the Top. Um, we uh, made a, a student film back at Penn State, the sequel called Way Over the Top, which was me playing the Sylvester Stallone role, essentially. Um, it's the underdog arm wrestler coming back from a devastating pinky injury. So it's one of those movies that I haven't really watched it since then. So there were parts of this movie that I kind of forgotten and also exaggerated in my head. So it was fun to watch the full thing end to end for the first time in about, what, Jesus, 16 years since we did that. I was really excited when I saw it pop up on Prime, you know, like first page. I was like, oh, they're looking out for me. <laughs> so. Okay. So, Dan, where are you coming from with Over the Top? I've only heard rumors of this movie and its gloriousness. And it's surprising because I do enjoy myself some early Stallone movies, and um, yeah, this movie, it lived up to what I, I had heard and what I expected, and I'm kind of angry that I didn't watch it earlier, because I definitely would have enjoyed this in my teen years. This was my first time watching it, so I, I there was, people would only kind of give me an inkling of what it was, they just gave me the broad synopsis of Sylvester Stallone's a truck driver, and he arm wrestles, and I was like, oh, that's awesome, you know, who doesn't like seeing Stallone do that? And I didn't realize that there was a kid thrown in there and Robert Loggia was thrown in there <laughs> and Robert Loggia's a dick for no reason. I'm like, oh, all right, well, this is this is the makeup of something great. And I, I just again, I'm sad that I I kept it for myself for so long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is the first time I've seen this in a long time. I don't know if it's been 15 years, but probably close to it. The first time I remember hearing about this movie was a Saturday Night Live sketch when Sylvester Stallone hosted it. And it was a sketch where it's Sylvester Stallone, he comes upon a car crash, and it's Norm MacDonald in the front seat. And Norm MacDonald, even though he's bloody and like near death's door, he just keeps making fun of St Sylvester Stallone's worst movies. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> That's a good and one. He keeps beating it in about over the top and the fact that it's a movie about like child custody. He's like, oh, yeah, you know what's a good movie about child custody? Kramer versus Kramer. You know what it's missing, though? Arm wrestling. <laughs> if I remember correctly, Stallone is just like he's really you see him getting aggravated. He's like, yeah. yes, I know. It ends with Will Ferrell plays a paramedic and the, and Norm Macdonald's character dies. Dies, and yeah. Like, What's this on his front seat? Oh, it's a VHS of Rambo. I guess he did love your movies. <laughs> and then, like, there's a beat goes by, and it's like, oh, no, wait, no, it's Rambone. It's a porno. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I, that's a good sketch. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. But this movie is fucking great. It's so yeah. 80s. It's, it's <laughs> oh. amazing. This movie is amazing for the soundtrack alone. God, I was obsessed with it. Obsessed with this fucking soundtrack. I think there's the, two Eddie Money songs. I was going to yes. say, it says Eddie Money on there, but it didn't sound like Eddie Money to me. It doesn't have that Eddie Money sound, but I mean, they said I guess it's, it's Eddie him. Money. Yeah. yeah. You, you were Eddie right. Money. When uh, you you had messaged us in the group chat, like this is what Rocky Five should have been. Yeah, like, he's right. He's 100% right. Because this was right in between Rocky Four and Rocky Five, in 1987. Yeah. My favorite trivia about this movie, which I was reminded by when I opened up the Prime, was the fact that Stallone finally agreed to do this movie after the director just kept offering him more and more money, and eventually yeah. he was just like, "Sure, nobody's gonna see it." Yeah. This movie, you know, you could just like plop this back into the Rocky universe. Yeah. Stallone's playing Rocky. You know, this kid is Rocky's son. I don't even remember who, what his son's name was. And Robert Loja is, is Adrian's dad or something. Then Adrian dies. Boom. And instead of arm wrestling, it's a boxing match. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, because you're right. Essentially, we get uh, Mike, the son, has that Adrian moment when he shows up. It's like, oh, all right. I, he gets that second wind. I'm not 100% sure what the best song in this movie is. Because in this country, the movie, the song that starts it off is pretty great. But <laughs> Winner Takes It All is also That's pretty the, excellent. I think that might be the best one. Uh, Meet Me Halfway, Kenny Loggins one is really good too. Oof, man, I don't know. Take It Higher, also a great one. <laughs> Man, oh, maybe we might. We'll just have to do a second episode. A second episode where we just review the soundtrack. Yeah. Frank Stallone's got a song on here. Uh, that already makes it a top-notch soundtrack. Man, I mean, that was so good. You know, love it or hate it, Stallone has some pretty. He has some bangers in his movie, right? Yeah. Obviously, you got Eye of the Tiger. You got uh, Hearts on Fire. Like those, those songs. Those are quintessential yeah. '80s songs. Yeah. No, I mean. It's, I was surprised like Stallone he disliked this movie so much because it's just, it's basically every other movie he's ever done. <laughs> it's definitely not as bad as the one where he's the um what what is it? It's like he's like a teamster or something like that. Do you ever see that movie? Oh, I'm not sure. Damn, I uh, or Union. He's like a Union Buster. Mm. I forget exactly. I I watched it at work one day during the summer because it was slow. And I was like, is is this Stallone? Like, yeah, he's a union buster. I've never heard of this movie. Like, yeah, there's a reason. It sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know which one that is, unless it's Oscar. Uh, no, Oscar is the one when he's the, I think he's the gangster. Yeah, he's the gangster. That movie Angelo also kind of sucks. Angelo Snaps Provolone, directed by John Landis. Oh, boy. Murderer John Landis. <laughs> a triple helicopter murderer. dad. Yeah, helicopter dad. <laughs> The ultimate helicopter dad. Over the top. It's from 1987. It was directed by Menahem Golan. Who directed a bunch of movies, mostly overseas. But more importantly, he was one half of Golan and Globus. Cousin producing team behind Canon Films. Which gave us such great movies as Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Later Death Wish sequels. Invasion USA, which we've covered. Cobra. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And Breakin' and Breakin' 2 Electric Boogaloo. If you haven't seen the documentary Electric Boogaloo, highly recommend it. It's all about Canon Films. It's a very interesting look into their business practices and kind of just their energy that they brought to filmmaking. It's written by four writers, including Sylvester Stallone, 
And it stars Sylvester Stallone, Robert Loja, Susan Blakely, Rick Zumwalt, David Mendenhall, Terry Funk, Funk. Yeah. Chris McCarty, Bob Beatty, and Alan Graff. IMDb score 5.8, Rotten Tomato score of 30%, budgeted at 25 million and only brought in 16. So this did not make its money back. Yes, yeah, our second Terry Funk movie too. He was in Roadhouse. I don't, yeah. I don't know if we ever got really into that about Terry Funk in Roadhouse, but yeah, he was in that. Apparently, he was big. He was, uh, he's good friends with Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Yeah, this movie was awesome. I forgot yeah. how great this is. It's just pure 80s, you yeah. know. 1987 is a is a year that brought us a, a bunch of episodes that we've done so far. This is one of the best ones, too. My favorite 80s thing about it is uh, Stallone's character's name. You know, Hawk. Lincoln Hawk. <laughs> For some reason, they keep calling them Hawks. Did, did anyone else hear that? Characters were like, are you Hawks? Like, I think, isn't it just Hawk? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't catch that. Well, yeah, I mean, going back to your point, Ant, the 80s was such a magical time for just about everything, you know? It was, especially movies, there's so many good 80s movies, whether it's, you know, cheesy 80s or, like, epic 80s. This movie, and I agree, I'm, I'm surprised Stallone really doesn't enjoy it as much, but, hey, listen, you know, to each their own. Yeah. In last week's episode, we mentioned just how, how complicated the Bye Bye Band makes it. Like it makes itself so complicated and doesn't yeah. need to. This movie doesn't doesn't overcomplicate. It knows what it is and it it tells its story in an hour and thirty minutes. Yeah. And it's super A to B. It's super super simple. And yeah. I love it. And it's even yeah. more simple than I thought it was. Yeah. That, that was the that was probably the best part of it. It was just it's a very it's just a very simple story about a father trying to you know. The arm wrestling is kind of the B story yeah. in this movie, although that's everyone who knows about this movie. That's what they know about it. Oh, the arm wrestling movie. But it's it's really about the father trying to reconnect with his kid. And, you know, that that's such a good tale on its own. It's been done countless times. But if if it's done right, it's very sincere. And I think this movie does that pretty well. You know, it's they don't they don't take a ton of time doing it right. They They connect pretty quickly, but it's not so quickly where it's like well that's unbelievable yeah they they do a little bit of a montage Mm -hmm. the stallone special and (laughs) yeah it's it was just it was a good it was a feel-good movie i i after i was done watching it like man that was nice you know i I didn't feel bad about myself yeah sure no it's like they do a good job with the father-son moments it's the it's easy it like kid actors you could always kind of be like oh well that kid's annoying and he's bratty although from what i could tell Looking at the his age and when they filmed this, like he was 15 at the time, which he does not look 15. And they played him off as 12, I think. I don't know because Robert Loja says 12, and then the kid says 10. I'm not 100 percent sure what age he's supposed to be. Yeah, that's a good point. I thought the kid was good. I thought the kid was fine. And then their scenes together, they worked really well. Yeah. Like the the arm wrestling scene, like where they take on the, the bully kids. That's a very good scene. The scene where he teaches him how to drive the truck yeah, was a good scene. Good. It was very well done. I think Sylvester Stallone should rewatch this with some uh, with some better glasses on, I guess, because this is a fine movie. I, I wonder if it's one of those things where when you're attached to it, you know, it, you see it through a different lens. Sure. Like, because we're, we're viewing this from the outside, obviously. He, he wrote it, or he helped write it, he acted in it. 
So mm-hmm. he was probably you're probably super critical of it. So maybe yeah. it it just didn't hit the way he wanted it to hit, or yeah. there must have been some underlying reason, or maybe just because it didn't perform well, and he's just like, you know what, I want to forget about it. Are, are you saying there's a Stallone cut? <laughs> well, he did he he didn't direct it, right? No, I know. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's the thing, man. I think a lot of people don't give him credit for his yeah. writing abilities because yeah. he's written a bunch of movies and i think it, he writes the middle part of the rocky series right two three well, and four he, well he wrote the first one. Oh, and he wrote yeah and he won an oscar for it yeah so he, he, stallone's an oscar winning writer yeah so a little trivia sylvester stallone was reportedly unhappy with the final film in an interview with ain't it cool news he said that if he had directed it he would have changed the setting to an urban environment, used scored music instead of rock songs, which he's wrong about, and made the Las <laughs> Vegas finale more ominous. And David L. Engelbeck was one of the other writers. It was appalled at the changes made to his script. He recalled having tears in his eyes when he saw the film. He remarked that his original draft wasn't nearly as dumb as the final film and that it was more about truck driving and arm wrestling than it should have been. Yeah, and that's what I thought going into it. I thought this was going to be about... A rogue truck driver who's just, you know, he's a vagabond and he just makes his money uh, like he's a degenerate gambler kind of thing. And he loses a lot. He wins a lot. And it's just it's I didn't expect it to have the child custody (laughs) storyline. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like in this he's saying that he didn't expect the final film to have as much truck driving or arm wrestling in it. But I mean, if you write a script that has some arm wrestling it <laughs> so it's like there's always that chance that this is going to be forever known as the arm wrestling movie it's just yeah. so specific <laughs> right there's not many of those movies out there yeah. yeah and if there's one thing i would have changed about this movie i probably would have played up the tournament a little more instead of leaving it to the third act mm-hmm. uh we get mention of it early in the first act where hawk runs into bull at the the um rest stop yeah so i thought we were going to see a little bit more arm wrestling action because we really like we legit just get the truck stop the him like teaching his son how to do it against the bullies and then the the tournament right and i mean the tournament makes up for it they cram in a ton of arm wrestling but i thought it would have been cool to have him build up that rivalry to bull yeah. Instead of it just be like, you know, they they run into each other at the truck stop. Uh, Hawk kind of backs away. And I don't blame him. He just finished a wrestling match. You don't go right into it. You know, just yeah. like, that is on, one man. that is one thing that I was thinking. I was like, they should have like they should build up the rivalry where he he arm wrestles him there. And, and he loses. Right. So he's That's... out like that grand or and then like maybe we hear that like, yeah, I can't I still can't beat that guy. You know, right. like. 0 for 10 against him or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because throughout the whole movie, Robert Loja is is telling everyone how much of a loser Hawk is, right? Yeah. So it would make sense because all he does is win. I think he loses one time in this this movie. Yep. And it's a very non-substantial loss. It's just to some like bushwhacker guy. And I think it would have been cool to play it up where he he's a lovable loser, where he has a heart of gold kind of thing. He just he's trying to do right by his son, but he just he can't help. He has the itch where like he makes that that grand and immediately loses it. Mm. It's like all right, well you know he's not good with his money. But easy instead, come, easy go, right? Exactly. It you know it's just in and out. 
I think that would have been a little bit better of a character build for Hawk instead of him just constantly winning. And that was a big problem with a lot of those uh, 80s action stars, right? How often did you see them lose? Right. So, I mean, Schwarzenegger never lost. Jean-Claude Van Damme was, like, contractually obligated to never lose. Same thing with Seagal. Those guys never lost. Chuck Norris. It would have been cool to have Stallone. Like you said, he, he, he gets beaten bad. And now it's like Anthony said, man, I just one day I'm going to get him. And obviously at the uh, the tournament, he gets him. Yeah, that would be good. The main thing in my head that changed between my thoughts on this movie, like what I thought this movie was and watching it again, is I thought Robert Loge's character was a lot more evil than he actually is in the movie. For some reason, I had in my head that he had kidnapped the son and was trying to get Lincoln to lose the arm wrestling. Like I, I, the whole end of the movie was different in my head mm-hmm. for some reason. Um, he kind he's, I could see where he's coming from. Yeah. To be honest, or you raised yeah. a kid for 12 years. You don't want to lose him. Yeah. And yeah. this guy's been nowhere to be found for that, for that amount of time. I mean, sure, we, we find out that he was – somebody was keeping the letters. It was his mom, though, right? His mom was hiding the letters from him. Uh, I mean, they he were, finds they, it in her room. Yeah, yeah they, they were in her, in her purse. Yeah. But that's weird because she's the one who wanted to reconnect them. So wouldn't it have made more sense for the grandfather to hide them? That would have made more sense, yeah. Um, but also, we never really understand why he leaves. Yeah, they leave that out. Yeah. yeah. So, All he says was he had his reason. He had his reason, and the kid calls him on. He's like, "Well, that's not really an answer." And, and he's 100% like, "Right." He's <laughs> like, "Ah, oh, well, all I know is I've made mistakes, and it was a big mistake, and I'm never going to do it again." I wonder if they just couldn't think of a reason. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. I mean, they could have just been like, "Well, uh, your grandfather told me to not hang around. He didn't want no bum truck driver with his daughter or something like that." That could have been it. Yeah, because they're well off. The, the Cutler family is very, they're in a different social class, as Mike says. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I don't want my, I, want, I don't want it to be known that my, my daughter married a truck driver. Yeah. Even though they are, li- like, literally the backbone of America. Sure. So, <laughs> without truck drivers, the Cutler, I don't know what they do, but I'm assuming they needed trucking at one point or another. Yeah, exactly. They they could have he could have bankrolled Hawk's like business plan, you know? He could have set him sure. up with a whole new business. Like Hawk's got the he's got the the uh the work ethic ethic. So he would have been able to kind of build that from if he gave him a little seed money, have business partners, fifty fifty. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, even you could even go you know, you go sixty forty. Yeah. Right yeah. And, and Cutler gets the sixty percent. Whatever. Yeah. And it, essentially, that's what he tries to do at the end. Um, you he know, does it bribe. Right. Yeah, it's more of a bribe than a partnership. You know, right. like, Here's that truck. Best truck I can find. Here's $500,000. You get the fuck out of here. And you know, essentially. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I would have taken the $500,000. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I'm going to screw this kid up at one point or the other. Yeah. It's in his best interest that I take this five hundred grand and just hit the road. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, the... That's probably why I thought it was a little more evil. I thought the whole custody thing was still in the balance during the arm wrestling tournament. I didn't know that it was settled before then. Yeah, I, I kind of vaguely remembered it being like, if you if you win this, you go win this competition, you could have your son back. If not, then he's mine. Yeah, that's what sort I was going with. Mustache twirling evilness, but yeah. Yeah, uh, it's... Now, question. Were the 
arm wrestlers in the tournament? Were they real arm wrestlers? Uh, I believe there were some. Yeah. I, I think. Okay. Yeah, the only one that I know for sure wasn't was the was Bull, right? Yeah. Um, uh, he was he he did acting in a lot of. Yeah. Like, that I I have no clue about. No, nah, he wasn't like a big time actor. He's like sort of like uh, you know goon in a mob movie or something like that. Gotcha. I I loved the little um, like interviews that the arm wrestlers give before their matches. Mm-hmm. Like that that pumped me up. I thought that was so cool. He's like, when I get in there, that person I I don't know him, but they're my mortal enemy. I'm like hell yeah, that's how it should be. No <laughs> one does that anymore. Everyone's just like, well you know I just uh, you know I want to go in there and I I want to have fun and. You know, I respect that other guy. No, screw that. You want to rip his head off. Yeah, uh, that's true. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, you guys, you guys want to get twenty twenty. You guys want to get into the plot? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Dan, what do you got? All right, so as always, I'd like to give a plug and a shout out to our friend Tia and her podcast, Top Ten with Tia, where her and her friends get together. They discuss the top ten lists of different things, movies, TV shows. Uh, actors, directors, uh, you name it, they're doing it. So she's a part of Geek Vibes Nation, a good friend of our podcast, and she, you know, she hypes us up. So it's always good to uh, to give back. So go over to Geek Vibes Nation and give her a look. All right, and we're gonna get into the plot, but before we do, we're gonna take a step back and listen to some messages from friends of the podcast. So we will be right back. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribe to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there and welcome back and now it's time to get into the plot for over the top uh we open with in this country blasting by any money plays over some gorgeous mountainscapes as a big rig drives over the winding roads as the credits roll i felt like i was an american truck simulator Felt, felt like we were in a Ford commercial. <laughs> I I noticed right away the one good one of the good things about this movie was their landscapes. It was the there was a lot of beauty shots. Um, yeah, it, it was cool. You know the Nevada landscape and uh, like the red rocks, the plateaus. It was cool. Yeah, it's a pretty looking movie actually. Yeah, it's not bad. It's uh, especially when you're from the tri-state area as we are. You know, it's just the uh, just buildings and concrete. You don't really get that that kind of nature, so it's good to it's good to see it and appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, we meet Lincoln Hawk, who is Stallone with a set of aviator sunglasses and a trucker hat. He's got that sweet hawk hood ornament too. <laughs> and he's towing a caterpillar. Uh, yeah, he's towing a cat. And then we get some scenes of Michael at his military school graduation ceremony. 
And then we get to see Stallone washing his truck and then himself. He's looking a little small in this movie. Did anybody else notice that, like, comparably? I I thought to myself, out of all of the arm wrestlers in this movie, he looks the least likely to be an arm wrestler. Because he was just so much smaller than everyone else. Like, like not just, like, height. We know Stallone's, like, 5'5 or something on a good day. But, like, he, he seemed, like, not as cut as he is in like rocky and rambo what what's the um tropic thunder joke you're, you're looking like rocky and rocky three right <laughs> right yeah the yeah he's 190 pounds i believe they say in this movie at some point yeah he went in his way in um yeah so uh michael is at his graduation ceremony and he's looking for around for a loved one but doesn't see anyone and stallone shows up in his big rig amongst the stretch limos and the mercedes Everyone stares at him, whispers to themselves about him. He's obviously very out of place here. Yeah. Michael yeah. finds his grand. Uh, no, no, no. I thought you were pausing, thinking I had something to say. So. Yeah. I was actually, I was actually going to mention, I when they showed Michael looking around, I thought it was going to be another one of those, like, oh, Dad said he was going to be here. Right. Of course, he's not here. Where is he? And it's just like Stallone working out or something like that. Or <laughs> just like, you know, he he didn't set an alarm or whatever. And like, oh, my God, I'm late. Yeah. No, but no, they go the different route. Uh, Michael finds his grandfather's limo driver who tells him that his grandfather will meet him at the airport. Then someone yells to Michael that the colonel wishes to speak with him. So he goes to the colonel's office. The colonel's office, the colonel tells him that his father will be taking him home. Michael tells the colonel that he doesn't have a father and that his grandfather gave him specific instructions to only go home with him or his mother. The colonel tells him that this was his mother's request. So, uh, Michael basically uh, is met, he meets his father more or less for the first time, Lincoln Hawk, and uh, he's, they take him outside, he sees the truck, and asks why they can't fly and how long is it going to take them to get home. Hawk says he's got about, he's got another drop that he's got to make, but Essentially, it's going to take them about two to three days to get home, and he drops the info that Michael's mother is scheduled for surgery that week. Uh, she, We don't really know much about her at this point, but we know that she's got surgery, and eventually we'll find out that she's not doing well. Uh, Michael asks him if he really thinks he can make up for ten years of abandonment in a matter of three days, and he says, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> at least he's honest. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one thing he's completely honest at any point except he is. for one moment yeah. you know when it's you know when he asks why he leaves but every yeah. other question he asks him he's like yeah yeah so uh i'm really shit at this thing <laughs> yeah yeah he he readily admits that he he screwed up so that's that's a good thing owning up to your mistakes is always a that's always a good thing to do kids yeah out there I, um yeah. hey go ahead I was gonna say he's a very likable. Uh, obviously, he's the hero, but he's a very, very likable character. And but Michael's got a point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's what's good. He's not like he is a bratty kid, but he makes a lot of good points in this movie. And he calls Hawk out on his shit sometimes, and it's it's a good connection, right? It's not like he's a kid, but he's kind of grown up. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's. He's smart, and it's a good, it's a decent performance. And um, there was there was one thing. Where, you know, they start their road trip and it, it it got kind of repetitive where it would be, can I ask you a question, sir? Sure. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Sure. I, it's just back and forth with that. I was like, oh, my God, please tell me there's more dialogue than this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then they both hop into the cab of the truck and then they're off. 
Michael and we also see that Lincoln's cab is covered in pictures of Michael growing up. And then, as Dan mentioned, Michael asks Lincoln why he's never gotten a single letter or birthday card in all these years. Lincoln says he has been writing him his entire time. Uh, yeah, then Mike, the, uh, the, the, the photos in the truck uh, made it seem like if Michael wanted to, he could convince somebody that this guy was trying to kidnap him and was upset. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, he, try, he essentially goes that route in the next scene. Yep. Right. Yeah. So Michael then says he feels sick. So Lincoln pulls over and then imme- Michael immediately runs into oncoming traffic. <laughs> to passersby, this must look like Hawk is abducting a small Marine. <laughs> <laughs> two, two movies in a row where someone is being chased into uh, moving vehicles and it doesn't look good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, then Robert Loja as Cutler, Michael's grandfather, shows up to the military school and the colonel tells him that Michael's mother called and told the colonel to let Hawk take Michael. Cutler basically says that Michael's mother was unfit to make that sort of decision, calls Hawk a worthless bastard, and storms off. Then Hawk takes Michael to a truck stop for some steaks, and Michael is super anti-red meat and annoys Hawk about it to no end, so they order tuna salads. Is Michael me? Um, he's, he's not anti-meat in general. Because he does eat tuna. That's right. He has the tuna sandwich. Yeah, yeah I thought he was going to go the uh, the vegetarian route. He's more of the cholesterol is is troubling to him. Yeah, right. Late 80s. Yeah. It, it, it did crack me up how Michael tells Hawk, you know, for a bodybuilder, you don't know much about nutrition. Like, okay, kid, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves here. This guy <laughs> clearly knows about nutrition. Yeah. And the uh, I also love how popular Hawk is. Yeah, yeah everybody loves stuff. Hawk. He's a good like, dude. It's like when Rip shows up at the diner in uh, Nowheresville and No Holds Barred. Yeah, that's a good point. So then a guy named Smasher shows up, challenges Hawk to an arm wrestling match, saying he's got 1000 bucks, says he could beat him. Uh, so Hawk's got to go to work, as he says. <laughs> that's such a great line. He's just like, yep, got to go to work. Uh, so Smasher is played by a guy named Magic Schwarz, by the way. Just wanted to throw that one out there. Um they arm wrestle, and Hawk turns his hat round backwards. And then first, Smasher has the advantage, but then Hawk adjusts his grip and wins. So he collects his winnings, and then Bur- Bull Hurley comes up to Hawk after, offers him double or nothing. Hawk tells him to wait for Vegas, then we'll arm wrestle there. Hurley tells Michael that his dad is yellow and says that he's see him in Vegas, and he walks off. Not enough people use that term anymore. Yeah. Right, when insulting the main character. You're just yellow. Oh, that's that's big, you know. That, yeah. That's them's fighting words. It's yeah, not yellow. Is, it's yellow. A uh, yellow. yellow. Well, yellow. no, he. I think Bull calls him yellow. <laughs> he might. He enunciates it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He just like too bad. Too bad your father's yellow. Yellow. Yeah. I don't know why he did that because it is yellow. Yeah. And, and as we mentioned earlier, I wish there was more Bull in this. Yeah. yeah. That would have been a nice um, tension-filled relationship. Each truck stop bull just happens to be there. <laughs> right. <laughs> it w- it would have been cool if Hawk was like the kid from um, oh what was that movie we just watched? The, the kid um, Motorama. He's, he's tra- Motorama. Yeah, where Hawk everywhere Hawk goes, he just gets like his ass kicked or something like that. <laughs> Motorama Motorama Two, starring Sylvester Stallone. He shows up to Vegas missing an eye. <laughs> uh, so Michael gets upset for because his dad is a hustler. So he goes to call his mom. Mom gets on the phone and tells him to give it time and to give Hawk a chance. 
So then back on the road, Michael and Hawk fight over the radio. Then Michael asks Hawk if he's still dealing drugs. Hawk says that he's never done any of the things that his grandfather says and that his only mistake was leaving. So then we have a scene with Cutler again. He has a talk with his dying daughter, telling her that it was a mistake to try and bring Hawk back into their lives. He says he's been Michael's father for 12 years, though, uh, though I thought it was 10, so I'm not 100% sure what the timing of everything is. Um, so he storms off out of her hospital room because uh, she's in the hospital. And then Cutler demands to know if any calls go to his daughter's hospital room. Then we see wrestling legend Terry Funk shows up as Cutler's goon. And Cutler's weaselly assistant tells uh, Cutler that no one can find Hawk or Michael. So he tells them to go find them. Um, at night, Hawk pulls into a rest stop and they both sleep in the cab for the night. Hawk tells him, you know, if you want to rest your head on my on my shoulder, you're more than welcome to. And, but then in the morning when they wake up, he Hawk is resting his head on Michael's shoulder. Oh, morning, what a, a turnaround. We'll, we'll switcheroo there. And in the morning, we get a training montage set to Meet Me Halfway by Kenny Loggins with so a straight-up banger. <laughs> it was a good one. Yeah, the, the, as we've mentioned, the, the music, the soundtrack in this is actually not bad. Yeah. If you have a movie in the 80s that doesn't have Kenny Loggins on the soundtrack, what the fuck are you doing? Are you really an 80s movie? <laughs> yeah. Um, they have some nice bonding moments, and then Michael calls him an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so so Hawk pulls over and tells Michael if he thinks any idiot can drive a truck, that he can go ahead and do it. So Michael gets behind the wheel, and he does as well as can be expected, but better than I've ever done driving manual transmission. <laughs> yeah, he, he catches on pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. He didn't well, Ann, have you ever out... driven a dune buggy before? No, that's true. Uh, he doesn't even stall out the engine, which I did countless times. The one time I tried to drive a manual transmission. I've never even given it a shot. It's stupid. Don't ever try. Right. It Dumbest means nothing. Thing you could do. Right. Kids in high school would always, you know, like, oh, is it, they would always ask, is it tra- is it a uh, manual or automatic? Like, it's automatic. Mm, yeah, of course. Like, <laughs> go ask yourself, man. What does yeah. it matter? It means like, absolutely nothing. It's a fucking Civic. Who cares? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm 18, dude. All right, let's, let's. Like, little did they know their parents just didn't want uh, wanted to get a break on the uh, the insurance, so they got the manual transmission cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, they thought they were something special. Uh, yeah, no, like we don't we don't go down to the river and wash our clothes and against the rocks. We've got washing machines. For it. <laughs> right. Likewise, we have automatic transmission. <laughs> Right. If things have improved over the, uh, the the centuries, that's right. All you all you gearheads go fuck yourselves right now. <laughs> that's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. Your, it, it, your hobby is stupid. Right. Yeah, it, it means nothing essentially because the car still. It, either either way, the whole point of a car is to get you from point A to point B. And your car, you just need an extra step to get to point B. Yeah, it's like gun nuts. They're not like, oh, what do you got an M16 over there? Ugh, I just got the musket pretty a lot cooler than yours yeah i have to load it <laughs> I, spent, I, spent, I spent all my paycheck on black powder yeah. my, my <laughs> paper. you don't damp your powder yourself <laughs> you're an idiot check out this guy he's got an m16 over here his gun does everything for him <laughs> I, I have to cut my own musket balls <laughs> it's pretty awesome it takes me five hours <laughs> I have to get lead poisoning. Uh, I sh- I shoot, and then I gotta kneel down, and then reload. <laughs> Usually, someone's behind me. <laughs> Somebody else behind me, and then just fills in my spot. 
Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a good. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good. Uh, that's a good comparison. <laughs> uh, so they go to a diner, and Hawk finds some older kids and challenges them to arm wrestle Michael. Uh, Richie, the kid he arm wrestles, looks just like the bully Henry Bowers from 2017's It. I couldn't get it out of my head. It's <laughs> like I, fucking it's really close. I have to. I don't. I don't recall that. I, I got to go back and look. Yeah. Uh, but also a special mention to the Mario Brothers arcade cabinet. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that was a pretty good arcade. Yeah. I couldn't tell what the other one was, but it's a Nintendo on the side. Uh, but I couldn't see what the actual cabinet was. It was the one behind the the bullies. Yeah, I didn't. I only noticed the Mario Brothers one. It would have Spike... been pretty cool if, while they were arm wrestling, they just smashed through. <laughs> smashed right. through the pinball machine. Yeah. Like, uh oh, scatter. <laughs> <laughs> Stallone just rats the kids out. Who's those guys? <laughs> Who's them? <laughs> oh, my boys, my boys couldn't do that. <laughs> Look how weak he is, huh? <laughs> So Michael loses the first match and storms off crying. So Hawk goes out, talks to him outside, and tells him that he didn't didn't lose because of the kid. He lost because of his attitude. Basically says that I'm trying to teach you how to how to live life and not be a spoiled brat. So the life isn't going to meet you halfway. So he needs to take what he wants. So they go back inside and Michael wins two straight matches. So that was now, good. Now good this should something. this should have been foreshadowing to yeah. what happens at the end. Sure. Right, because Michael does give him the same speech, right? Mm-hmm. So this it should have been some sort of foreshadowing for Hawk versus Bull. Yep, and it's not. It's not. How so? Well, one, it's the end was supposed to be though the whole tournament was a double elimination, right? Mm-hmm. But he only he only goes up against Bull once. I'm assuming the finals were not double elimination. So that's what I'm saying. It should have been Hawk loses the first match, right? Gotcha. And then Michael gives him the, the pep talk. Like you, you beat yourself there. And then he goes and wins two straight. Gotcha. I get what you're saying now. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Then uh, they go back inside. Uh, they call Michael's mother. And Michael's going on and on about how we beat this guy in arm wrestling. And he drove a truck, but it's obvious that she's not doing well at all. So Michael gives the phone to Hawk, and Michael goes outside, and they talk a little bit. While Hawk is on the phone with her, Michael gets abducted by a couple of guys, and Hawk has to fist fight a couple more guys. That that part made me laugh. <laughs> you, you, you see in the background Michael's like flexing, and then yeah. these two dudes just run up on him and grab him. <laughs> it looked like I felt like something would that was something that would have been in like the airplane movie. Right, just going yeah. on in the background. <laughs> yeah, definitely a Mel Brooksy sort of joke. Yeah. Uh, they try to get away in a pickup as Hawk pursues in his big rig. Eventually catches up with them at a junkyard and manages to crash into the, the pickup. So the two guys flee once they stop. And then Hawk knows it was Cutler's plan all along. Yeah. So Cutler, yeah, they they, they uh, weren't like uh, just random kidnappers. Right. No, yeah, that they were. Right. We don't know what you're talking about, man. They were locals, oh. though, so that's like, we never confirmed that it was his plan, right? Yeah. He never confronts him about them trying to steal. Like he never confronts Cutler about it. That's a good point. That's what have, that would have been the first thing. You tried to rob my kid. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Robert. Just two random ass dudes that just saw a young supple boy in, in a diner parking lot. Right, an easy target in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so Cutler has a meeting with his lawyers, 
or say basically there's no way he's ever going to get custody. It's just not heard of uh, as long as uh, as long as Hawk shows that he can provide for for Michael. He's probably not going to get it. And Cutler's pissed off at his lawyers and like, well, figure it out, assholes. Basically, he he has, but he has a point. Loja says he can't even fend for himself, and he's 100 percent right. He, he sleeps at truck stops. No yeah, judge I, is going to be like, oh, well, that's fine. We'll give the kid to the the, uh, the trucky who doesn't have a place to live. Yeah, I mean, there is definitely it's it's sort of a contrivance with just lawyers that oh, there's nothing we can do. He's never <laughs> going to lose it. But they're going to like, well, you know, there'd be a trial, and they'd bring up the fact that he probably. He's at home 90% of the time, if he even has a home. Right. Like, how is Michael going to get to school? You know, is he just going to live with him in the truck? You know, there are valid points to be brought up here. <laughs> right. If Robert Lozier just has spineless yes-men, essentially. Yeah. That lawyer just did not want to really do any work. <laughs> no. He yeah. just wants to collect the paycheck. <laughs> Again, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, Mr. Cutler. It's a solid case here. I, ironclad. What, what are you talking about? The guy's a vagabond. He literally <laughs> sleeps in his truck. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Law and such. So back in the truck, Hawk tells Michael his plans for starting his own trucking business. And that's what that that's what he'd do when he wins money in Vegas. And then Michael asks him why he left him and his mom. And Hawk doesn't give him an answer. He just says that he knows he made a mistake and it won't ever happen again. So then they pull up to the hospital where his mother is to see her. And when they get there, they find out that Michael's mother has died. Uh, Michael runs off and Hawk chases after him. And Michael says if he hadn't picked him up from military school and he had flown home with his grandfather, he would have seen his mother before she died, which was a fair point. And then he hails a cab, which is randomly there. And <laughs> the cab just accepts the child uh, <laughs> and rides away. It's the 80s. <laughs> it's, it's not his job to ask questions. It's just yeah. his job to deliver a person to a place. And get yeah. paid for it. Right. I wonder if what that that uh, cab ride was like. No, oh, uh, what the hell happened back there, kid? Who don't want to talk about it? <laughs> yeah. Well, how about them Yankees? <laughs> right. We're in Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> how about them UNLV? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it's just it's weird that he even that Hawk just lets him run away. Right. He, he's yelling for the cab, and Hawk just kind of lets him go. Yeah. And finally, like, oh shit, wait, Mike. <laughs> I should have ran sooner. Uh, so there's a funeral scene, and Hawk shows up in his best pair of jeans. <laughs> Obviously not welcome there by Cutler or Michael. It's, oh, man. Denim cowboy. Yeah, so he leaves I, immediately. I thought the way must be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who was worst dressed for the funeral? Was it Stallone in this, or was it Christian Slater and Gleam in the Cube? Uh, Stallone, because he's an adult. <laughs> That's <is> true. <laughs> Right. Right. He Slater. should know better, right? <laughs> right. I mean, he showed up to the, uh, didn't he? He showed up to the graduation in like suspenders at least. Yeah. Right. Here he just he's rocking his best denim, uh, denim suit. Right. And he's been in town for at least a week, right? People at don't get least. like unless she was Jewish, she wasn't getting buried the day at the day the next day. No. She would have yeah. to, like at least two days of a wake, probably. You know, I got to go get some clothes for this <laughs> right. funeral that I know I'm attending. And where does he keep his clothes? In the truck? I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, it's just a big cab. Okay. Yeah. I, it's just I, they show the inside of the cab, and it didn't look like there was that much space, unless he's got it like 
in a duffel bag or something, which is entirely possible. Oh, yeah, he's totally just duffel bagging it. Yeah. I, man, you're right, though. He was, he pl- had plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, this uh, funerals are not down. spur of the moment. <laughs> they are thoughtfully planned out. <laughs> and especially with a, a family like the Cutlers who, you know, they're obviously well known. Oh, yeah. You would, you would think you could at least go to, to Cutler and just say, hey, I need a suit for the, for the funeral. Yeah. Could you spot me some money? Yeah, there's no way that Cutler doesn't go all out for his daughter's funeral. Right. Yeah, the whole nine yards. Yeah. You think I, he was invited to the repass? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he was invited to the funeral, but it's like public place. I don't think you could stop somebody. Right. Yeah, that, that that's the one thing. It's uh, at the cemetery, I think anyone's allowed in. Yeah. Um. So he leaves immediately after he sees the look on Cutler and Michael's faces. And then he has a reflective moment at the ocean. But apparently this reflective moment doesn't have much of an effect on Hawk because he shows up to Cutler's estate looking to talk to Michael. And the guards won't let him op- won't open the gate for him, so he smashes it with his truck and <laughs> continue to drive his truck straight into Cutler's front door. This is a sure way to assure that he isn't going to get custody of Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he probably caused, oh, I want to say like $10,000 worth of damage. Oh, easily more. more right? that's, that's a $50,000 fountain yeah. that he runs over. Probably Plus the a, house. That's probably like a five grand door. <laughs> so what are you thinking? Like close to like 80? Yeah, 80 to 100, 100K in damages. The lawyer probably was pretty happy. He was like, oh, well, now, now we've got a shot. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, now that we can show that he's insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you're going to get this kid. And, <laughs> and Loja should have just left it at that. Like, yeah, oh, you you just you nail you put the final nail in your own coffin there. Oh Hawk. yeah, that that custody battle would be over day one. Yeah, like it says here, you were arrested for driving driving your big rig truck through a <laughs> private property and into a, a house. Uh, okay, I've heard enough. Boom. <laughs> uh, Michael is and you've awarded been gone to the for cover. ten years. <laughs> and you've been gone for ten years too before that, right? And, you and spent he wore three days with the son, with your son since then. And you wore a jean suit to a funeral. I can't in good conscience let you have this child. I'm sorry. You wore a pair of blue jeans with a tucked-in black shirt to a funeral. Okay. Yeah. Outside of uh, Robert Loge's character um, being like 80s rich evil, I don't think I disagree with him at any point in this movie. And mm-hmm. You know, he, in terms he, of the kid. He's not even evil, really. Right. Up until the end. Yeah. He's really... I feel like he's really just looking out for Michael and he, you have to, if you're coming from his standpoint, he raised the kid. So right. that's his kid. It's his all, the only family he has left. Right. He just buried his daughter. Right. Like, I'm not going to give up the child that I helped raise for 10 to 12 years. Like, I, I know we would all feel the same way, right? Oh, absolutely. I think, I think Robert Lewis has a, a, a 100% a valid position here. It's not, he's, He's not like as Mark said like earlier in the podcast. Like I remember him being so much more evil, like Ben Gazar in Roadhouse evil. Yeah, but he's nowhere near that. <laughs> no, he he. I mean he he acts evil. Like his cadence is very evil. Right. But his positioning is spot on. It's he's one hundred percent in the right. Yeah. And and, and I, Hawk does nothing to really remedy that situation no. until the end again. This is this is literally the worst thing anybody does in the entire movie, and Hawk does it. <laughs> yeah, destroying <laughs> public property. 
Um, yeah, so uh, he gets arrested, too. Uh, yeah. C- uh, Cutler tells him that he can't change the fact that he abandoned his own son, and there's no way he's coming in and taking Michael. Hawk makes an aggressive move up the stairs to get Cutler, but Terry Funk and a couple other goons tackle him as police show up and take Hawk away. In jail, Hawk gets brought in front of Cutler's personal, personal secretary, who gives him an ultimatum to give up custody and they won't press charges, continue to fight Cutler over Michael, and they'll basically ruin him with a, legal, a giant drawn-out legal battle. Michael talks to Hawk and says that he thinks he'd be better off as his grandfather, so then Hawk agrees to sign the custody paper. Then Hawk goes to the arm wrestling competition, sells his truck for 7K, but takes his Hawk, you know, his Hawk hood owner, and he takes it with him. Meanwhile, Mike. Meanwhile, Michael finds all the letters that his dad sent him all these years in his mom's purse and starts reading them. And then Hawk puts all $7,000 that he got for selling the truck on him, on himself at the, uh, the wages, like betting. Yeah, the bet, he's bet. 20 to 1 odds to win it 20 all. To one odd, 20 to 1 odds. So he's betting 7K on himself. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's a good payout on top of what? What's 100000 the... for the champion and a $250,000 truck. Yeah, so he's going to make out like a bandit. If yeah. he wins, don't want to spoil anything. Right. Just want to yeah. throw that out there. <laughs> so Michael sneaks out of his grandfather's estate and steals one of his cars, which was like a forerunner. I was like, why is there a forerunner <laughs> in the <laughs> yeah. that garage? <laughs> yeah, you'd think there would be some like luxury automobile that he would steal or something like that maybe he picks that one because it's the closest to a dune buggy that that's he should have stolen the dune buggy <laughs> um and cutler's goons chase after him in a limo at the arm wrestling world championship competition begins there are a few things that you have to remember in this if you're going to understand the arm wrestling world championship okay yeah one they come from all over the world to compete italy <laughs> germany russia other places <laughs> All over to number two. It's double elimination. So if hypothetically Hawk loses once before the finals, he's definitely not out of the competition. Just, you know, in case it comes up later. <laughs> I just pointed these out because they say it they, constantly. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Yeah. All they come from all over the, the world. All right. Cool. That's that's not something you need to say more than once. Double elimination. Maybe people were coming in late. Maybe. For all of you stragglers back there. Yeah. And then uh, we get a montage of the championship set to Winner Takes It All by Sammy Hagar, which is an other goddamn banger. <laughs> Oof, it's so hot. It's so lit. Yeah, it's, it's again, just one after the other. Oof, man. Uh, and there's even, also... Not even Hagar. No, it was Sam. So apparently I was reading... Uh, there was a, a first original version done for the movie, but they didn't feel like it was angry or mean enough, so they asked Sammy Hagar to do it. So. That's kind of weird to ask Sammy Hagar to do something just to make it sound rougher. Yeah. Well, Are I you... mean, it worked. That, that song slaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I just go back to a point earlier. Um, Hulk also won $147,000 for betting on himself. Yep. Yeah, so he made he made good money. But then he was going to tank it in his business, Hawk and Son. I mean, that name alone, I wouldn't want to rent from them or hire them. Hawk and Son? No, that's terrible. No, thank you. Uh, there's also a women's competition, but none of the women seem like type of women that would take part in an arm wrestling competition. Yeah, they, they all look very, you know, they just look like regular women. They look like waitresses. Right. Yeah. In spandex. Yeah. Um, I wanted like, to see more of their stuff, though. Yeah. You know, the uh, over-the-top two women's division 
Yeah, it should. They should have done the co-ed where the the top woman meets the top man. <laughs> See, uh, there's one thing I always assume, I always remember there being like an arm breaking scene in this movie, but that doesn't happen. Someone gets there's, hurt. There's one where it's like a dislocated elbow. That's yeah. Right, but I uh, I might be thinking of one of the Supermans where it might be Superman one where he break does he break a guy's arm in like the diner? I haven't seen Superman in a long time. Is that that's evil Superman, right? Oh, so is that Superman two? There's no evil. Is there no evil Superman in Superman one? No. Right. I think that's Superman three actually. Oh yes, Superman three. Yeah. Yeah, he he gets like separated and like Clark gets separated from Superman and Superman's like a drunk and he's a bad guy. Right. But I feel I I, I don't remember what movie it is that it's he. I think he like crushes someone's hand. Maybe maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. The, but, or I could be thinking of Roadhouse for all I know. To be honest, that's why I will never, ever, ever arm wrestle because like, one, I am not strong enough, and two, I've seen some of those injuries mm. where the guy just like snaps his arm. Yeah. And, like, I'm not even gonna chance it. Or like the their tendon snaps and then oh. muscle rolls up. Ooh. Yep. Yep. I want no part Icky. of that. Icky. I don't <laughs> like that. Icky. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Uh, so Michael makes it to the airport and gets on a TWA flight to Vegas. Meanwhile, Cutler and his men hop on a private jet. Hawk makes it to the final eight, and Michael sneaks off the plane to try and escape Cutler's men uh, as they try and board the plane as they're uh, deplaning, and he winds up on the tarmac and eventually hides in a pile of luggage. We get some interviews with each of the eight semifinalists, and Hawk is somehow the least intelligible in his interviews. <laughs> what, is, what is he talking about? Like, I don't even uh, care if I become the champion. I just want to. I want the truck. Like, I, just want well, the truck. <laughs> I think you need to win it to win the truck. So that's not going to work out, Hawk. <laughs> it's like you want to try that again. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's roll again. Let's try it one more time. Maybe maybe try being a little bit more excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone else is intense, and he's just kind of like bored to be there. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, I don't really care if I win the whole thing. I just, I want the truck. <laughs> oh, great. Thanks for coming. Uh, and then Michael, back at the airport, pops up in the luggage carousel and runs off. And then back at the championship, uh, Hawk loses his first semifinal match to John Grizzly. But don't worry. As we mentioned earlier, this is double elimination. So Hawk is not eliminated just yet. Yeah, they, uh, they make the really dramatic announcement of that. Yep. Remember, the semifinal is double elimination. It's so dramatic when he loses in that scene, too. It's yeah. like, well, it's double elimination, guys. We heard yeah. you. So right. he's got another shot. And it, it was to someone of like literally no consequence in the movie. Right. It, again, like, he loses to a, a person who we haven't seen before the tournament. Yeah. Like, why did you make him lose there? It makes no sense. Now, like, OK, well, yeah, they built up the drama where, oh, no, he's only one loss away. Right. Like, all right, well, you know he's not going to lose at any other point. Yeah, should have lost a bowl there. Right. And they meet back up in the finals. And then yeah. he should have lost again, and then you make over the top two where he beats Bull, and it there just becomes go. the Rocky series. I was just going to say, so is it just Rocky? <laughs> right, it's the arm wrestling of Rocky. <laughs> uh, so he loses, and he gets worked on a little bit by some medics. He says maybe a little bit of a strain. Uh, then Terry Funk shows up and tells him that Cutler wants to see him in his suite. Uh, so he heads up to the suite and Cutler once again gives him an ultimatum. He offers him a brand new $250,000 truck and about $500,000 cash. Is that, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
and tells him that he could have it if he just leaves uh, Michael and him alone, just moves on with it, get himself a, a new family, he says. So he doesn't accept it, though, and he, sa- he goes back down to the fight and throws Terry Funk through a glass door, and he goes back down to the competition and matches with Grizzly again, who drinks Valvoline, apparently. And then Hawk wins. Kill you, it? Oh, yeah. It Isn't Valvoline just motor oil? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, do not drink motor oil with the hopes of not dying. It would have been great if he just keeled over right there. (laughs) You're mine. He guzzles it, collapses. Hawk is the winner. (laughs) So Hawk finally beats Grizzly. And meanwhile, Bull Bull Hurley is cruising through his matchups. Meanwhile, Michael is in a cab on the way to the competition. One of the things I liked about these scenes is they would often cut to the arm wrestlers doing like like practicing their arm movement like well, there's only one there's there's two ways your arm can go dude it's either gonna <laughs> go it's gonna go down one way or the other so like what are you practicing there <laughs> oh man you gotta watch way over the top <laughs> yeah. there's I've a lot of ways it. to train to be an arm wrestler it, it's been a long time but i do need to be refreshed in uh, way over the top uh so hawk beats mad dog madison to make it to the finals and uh in the finals, he matches up with the guy, and he cheats in the finals, basically. Uh, the guy gets surprised with the match starts, and he just pins him immediately. And Hurley beats some Canadian dude. So Michael shows up at Hawk uh, as Hawk is waiting on his final match. Michael tells him that he wants to be with him. And uh, then it's Michael giving Hawk the pep talk, saying that life isn't going to meet him halfway, because now Hawk is all of a sudden being really self-conscious and worried about losing to Bull. Yeah, that, yeah. that line felt like a very rocky line. Yeah. 100%. Like, life doesn't meet you halfway. Well, he, yeah. in was it in Rocky Four? he yeah. gives his son the, you know, if you get knocked down, you get no, back that, up. That's Rocky Balboa. The, the true Rocky that winning is done. <laughs> the winning's done. Well, he gives him, doesn't he give him a, oh, he like being scared, I think, in Rocky Four, Right, like, yeah, you know, I am scared, but. Like you got to face that fear and stuff like that right right before he goes to Russia. Yep. Yeah. And then the robot says, happy birthday, Polly. This is very out of place. <laughs> Trying to talk to my son here. That's <laughs> all the robot could say. <laughs> it's got like, the chi- uh, like, you know, it's the 80s, so the chip is like the size of a vinyl <laughs> record, but it's got right. a megabyte. <laughs> All I could say is happy birthday, Polly. <laughs> With the techno music behind it. <laughs> uh, Michael says that he doesn't he doesn't care about the composition. He just wants to be with Hawk. And they hug and they have a very nice father-son moment. So it's Lincoln Hawk versus Hurley in the finals. And then we get cuts cuts away, cutaways <laughs> to the documentary where they're doing and Hurley talks and then Lincoln Hawk talks about the switch. <laughs> <laughs> basically when he turns his hat around that's the switch turns him into something not human more like a truck like a machine (laughs) it's i i would love if if they had added the transformer sound (laughs) like when he turns it around (laughs) roll out i I Uh, love how bulls is really dark yeah it's like yeah i I just want to kill him Right, he's oh. like, I just—I never want him to arm wrestle again. Uh, uh, well, do we want to take that from the top? Maybe not as evil. Right, you're, you're admitting to manslaughter here. 
Like, oh no, no, no! If he dies during this competition, that's like the best outcome I can I can imagine. <laughs> right. Not only do I win the truck, that's, he dies. That's and not any better. An orphan. Uh, not any better. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's uh, it's super over the top evil, but I love it. Hey, that's the name of this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't even notice that. No pun intended. Uh, at the championship, Hurley gets in, is getting into Hawk's head, and then the match starts, and Hurley gets the advantage on Hawk until the hold breaks, and Hurley thinks Hawk is is trying to be a coward, basically. So they start go. back up. They start back up, but now they're strapped together. And Hurley cheap shots Hawk in the nose right before they start back up, and, which they probably should have just ended the competition right there. It's like, well, right. you should fucking do that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all well, the ref goes is that's two fouls. I don't understand what that means. What was the first foul? I guess the when they broke the hold. Uh, yeah. So was it three three strikes and you're out kind of thing? And I'm not 100% sure how many fouls you get in this. Could be like uh, basketball. You could get like five, six. Like, or like, was it two tees and you're out, right? Yeah. So that was one technical, I guess? I don't, I don't know how it works. I didn't know there were rules that you have to square up. This, and... this isn't Battle of the Tough Guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's a different movie. Right. Well, yeah, you have to square shoulders, and you have to be able to see the thumb or something like that. Like, what was it? Like Crazy Joe or whoever? She's like, I can't see my thumb. Like, it's there. It's there. You're fine. <laughs> what the hell are they talking about? Just arm wrestle. Yeah. Uh, so they start back up. They're strapped together. Uh, they go back and forth a couple of times until Hurley gets the advantage. Then Hawk digs deep, readjusts his grip, and brings Hurley back over the top. And one last push. Hawk brings Hurley down, and the crowd goes insane. First person to beat Hurley in five years. And Hawk and Michael celebrate. Cutler gets it at this moment. The boy needs his dad, and he just gives an approving nod yeah. to Hawk. I, and I, then, I like that pull is a good sport. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. He raises the arm. Mm-hmm. And then In This Country starts playing again. <laughs> Hawk and Michael discuss their plans for their new business, Hawk and Son, and they drive off in this brand new truck. Yeah. And that's the end of Over the Top. They they cool. they fake this out with the freeze frame because I I was thinking in my head like this movie better end with a goddamn freeze frame. Should have yeah. right it, with with uh, Hawk holding Michael up and they, and they are right they they do the freeze frame and I'm like fuck yeah that's how you end the movie and then it cuts to them talking about the, the business I was like oh movie you ruined it yeah if you're gonna if you know well enough to do the freeze frame you gotta know you gotta end it. You know, exactly. If you're like freeze frame it right here. Boom. Too stupid, like too stupid to, to just know what, when going when to stop. It's good. <laughs> yeah, that, that exchange at the end was written by Stallone. It's the only reason. I'm sure. Yeah, that's true. They pulled the Lord of the Rings on us. <laughs> Multiple endings. Yeah. I remember just when I saw Lord of the Return of the King in theaters and they had the one ending where, uh, you know, like everyone kneels to the hobbits and it just like pans away from the city. Fuck yeah, that was an awesome ending. And I'm like, nope, oh, oh we're, we're still going. Okay, I, I was kind of like checked out at that point, but I'll I'll continue. That's how I felt here. Like, oh, you're you're still going. Right. That, unnecessary, but okay. <laughs> and that's the movie. Uh, I had so much fun with this. It's such a it's such a feel good movie. It's such an '80s feel good movie. Uh, we need more movies like this. Yeah, this this was a fun movie, Mark. I uh. I commend you on this pick for sure. Now, uh, tune in next choice when I pick another movie that I uh, started in college and we watch Gone with the Wind. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not going to be able to find it. It's gone. 
erased from history, Mark. Uh, except it's back on HBO Max. Yeah, it's it, you can find <laughs> it very easily. It's just how everyone was like, "Are oh, you erasing history? It's gone now." No, it's still around. You, yep. you it can was, find it. Was it was off there for like a month. <laughs> back. I think they. I, I actually think they added like a intro of oh, wait, a uh, disclaimer. A historian talking about it or something. Nice. Well, yeah. I mean, this movie was good. Uh, like Ant said, definitely a feel-good movie. Um, they did pretty much everything, everything right for th- this type of movie. You know, you're you're not going to go in there expecting cinematic gold, no. but you're going to get you're going to have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. yeah. And I think we can all agree the only way to make this movie better is more arm wrestling. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Build up the rivalry between Hawk and Bull. Uh, and yeah, show more arm wrestling for sure. Have, have regionals. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, it, no, I, like we said, just add, add more of a rivalry between Bull and him. And that's really all I would do to make this movie better. Yep. It's yeah. just fun. It's a fun, stupid movie. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that the makers of it didn't enjoy this movie, but I had a blast with it. I think a lot of other people have, so yeah. they, they don't know. Maybe they do know now, but they didn't know that they were making a sort of cult classic, really. Yeah, I dig it. Uh, you guys got any last last words on it? Uh, no, I, I think I'm good. I, I enjoyed it. Okay. Well, you guys want to plug your shit? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at Aquino 122 on Twitter. My That's my personal Twitter. Uh, I also run the Stranger Damies account uh, on Twitter. It's at Stranger Damies. Uh, so, you know, come follow us there. Talk all things D&D, movies, uh, video games, comic books. Like, we, you know, we like to talk about it all. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's it for me. Yeah, so we have our uh, podcast, uh, Stranger Damies, our D&D podcast. airs every Wednesday. Um, the uh, last episode, uh, the most, the newest episode would have aired yesterday. Um, you can find that anywhere you get your uh, podcast, Stranger Damies, just search for it, or you can just go to strangerdamies.podbean.com and get the RSS feed there, I believe. Um, and then we have Game Vault, the Game Vault podcast, um, which is every other Monday. Um, so just be sure to uh, check that out. Um, again, that's uh um, just search for the Game Vault podcast, um, or basically you can click the link from Twitter um, on at Game Vault Pod because um, we're at Stranger Damies as well there. And um, yeah, be sure to uh, check out all of our streams over at Game Vault Pod. Um, we play usually three to four times a week, so you'll find something that you enjoy. There's RPGs, there's horror games, there's um, multiplayer co-op shooters, um, sometimes. Uh, strategy games um so and retro games every other monday so you'll find something you like there um and then um i don't know if do you want to talk about the uh this thing we do on the mondays we don't do retro games yeah sure I, i'll step in uh so yeah uh this past week uh monday or two mon now it's two mondays ago uh when you hear this but we did for the first time ever we did a twitch watch party which is on twitch.tv slash the main Damie. We set up and we're going to do this every other Monday. So I'm getting, I'm confusing myself in the weeks, but just check the, check the Twitter of the main Damie. It's at the main Damie. Just look up, look to see what we're going to do. But every two weeks, we're going to kind of try and put together a Twitch watch party where we pick a movie. We've either done in the past on the podcast or a movie that 
we feels a little bit too good for uh, the podcast, and we just kind of want to sit around and talk about it. And like cult classic sort of is kind of where we're going with that. And we're just going to sit there, kind of chill out, have a beer or two, and watch the movies and just and talk about it um, as like a commentary, basically. Uh, so that's going to be fun. Uh, we did uh, No Holds Barred first, and uh, we're probably going to do some similar themed movies there. But we had a blast doing that, and we're going to check that out. So it's twitch.tv slash TheMainDamey. Check us out on Twitter to find out when the next movie is going to come and what movie it'll be. And and join us. Have, uh, uh, you know, join us and watch a movie with some friends, really, at this okay. point. And, and don't be do shy and talk and chat while we're yeah. there, you know. Yeah. And that's going to do it for They Call This a Movie this week. We're They Call This a Movie, and you can find us at theycallthisamovie.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Just look for They Call This a Movie, and I'm sure we'll pop up. But we are themaindamey.com. That is our main website. And you could find all... Uh, I don't know if you can hear the cats going absolutely insane right now. <laughs> Chasing each other. Um, and you could find the main... The main Amy is our main website. It's themaindamey.com. And you could find us on all social media at the main Amy. So that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, just look for the main Amy and it'll be there. And we are also a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com on all social and podcast uh, apps just by looking for Geek Vibes Nation. Bunch of great shows on there. We're a part of it, and we're happy to be there. And they have so many other great shows that uh, it's something for everybody. If you're into geek culture or sports, uh, it's, are coming back. So I think they have some sports shows. And as Dan mentioned, Tia's Top Ten with Tia uh, is there as well. Something for everybody. Check them out. They're a bunch of great people with a whole bunch of different interests. And if you have any questions or comments for us, the main Amy at gmail.com is a great place to get in touch with us. If suggest a movie that you would like us to cover on the Twitch or on this podcast, and maybe we'll uh, give you a shout out. Uh, if you've got time, if you have an iTunes account, please go to iTunes, look us up there, and drop us a five star review really helps us with the algorithm. It's like the only thing that matters is basically reviews, which is weird because people usually don't write reviews if, on things they like. <laughs> but they'll let you know if you, if you suck. But uh, if you've got a chance, please do that too. Um, we would greatly appreciate it. And that's going to wrap this up this week. Um, the director of Over the Top is Menahem Golan. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, so for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Lavecchio saying to Menahem Golan, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? Mm-hmm.